The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me this week, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Corey, um, how have you been since the last time we recorded? It's been a really long time. Yep. Um, I've been okay. How about you? A little peak. I've been uh, busy. I've been very busy um, at South by Southwest uh, for the last week. Um, I just got home yesterday. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thought you'd have more to add than ah. No, I'm sorry. All my thing, my like computer screen, everything is like going haywire. Um, oh, I am still really jealous. You got to go. I am really gonna try to save my money so I can go next year. But the bigger thing with why I couldn't go is that I've had the plague so many times this year. Like I get a lot of personal time at work. I earn seven hours every two weeks. Uh. And that's a lot. That's more than any other job I've ever had before. And it just all got eaten up by being sick. And uh, so hopefully next year that won't be the case and I'll get to go. And then I'll just drive you crazy. Well, I hope um, to go again next year. I did have a, a great time. I didn't see as many movies as I thought I would. And part of that was because um, I had a friend from college came and visited me. And I, I definitely couldn't just like, oh, well, thanks for coming, driving three hours to see me. Oh, I I'm thought go he watch. was already going to be in. No, no. He uh, he lives in Dallas, and so he drove into Austin uh, to hang out for a couple of days. We haven't seen each other for about eight years um, or close to it. <clears throat> um, and so uh, since we were in the same state, he made the effort. And so I definitely wasn't going to blow him off and just keep watching movies. Um, and then uh, a friend from... Uh, middle school, a friend I've had since middle school, who I'm still friends with, and he still lives in Florida, but he lives in Clearwater. Um, he, by sheer coincidence, uh, was scheduled to come to Austin for a work thing that week, and was in the same hotel as me. Oh, that was the friend I was thinking about. I didn't yeah. know you had another friend. That's awesome. Yeah, and so uh, um, we had one night where the three of us were all actually we all went to uh, a Japanese restaurant, and uh, that we got authentic ramen. And it was amazing. Um, that like I'm gonna have to find a place nearby that I can get this type of food because it was really really good. I got uh, pork belly um, in a like a miso broth, and I got I added extra noodles. But man, and we also I got to talk about these appetizers, Corey. They had these kebabs that were uh, on happy hour. Mm-hmm. I ordered uh, bacon wrapped asparagus, so they wrap asparagus uh, stalks in bacon and then fry them amazing um we all shared though so i only had one piece of that or my, i might have two pieces of that uh my friend from texas well he's from florida but he lives in texas um he ordered uh quail eggs wrapped in bacon oh. which are boiled quail eggs and then wrapped in bacon and then fried really good and my friend from florida who still lives in florida but was just visiting texas he ordered uh a, like a spicy chicken thigh kebab that we all shared and was also very tasty um, so food in, in, in South by was a big thing for sure. I got to give a shout out to Torchy's tacos. Um, some amazing tacos, uh, just crazy good. Um, and then there's a chain called Chewy's. Um, that's like a, uh, it kind of reminded me of El Nortino's from Winter Haven, mm-hmm. but more of a chain in that area. And I really like their food a lot, but they have a nacho bar, Corey, a nacho bar. <laughs> where you can go and get like meat or cheese sauce or whatever you want for your chips that they provide for free. Um, they have really good salsa and they have all these different sauces that you can get on the different burritos or on the enchiladas and stuff. And oh man, it was good eats. It was very good. Oh, I, I, okay. I especially love tacos, but, um, did you have any barbecue? I had barbecue in the, the oddest location at the airport. Okay. Um, on my way out yesterday, it was the only time I was able to get, uh, what, what I would say, bar- well, it's still really good barbecue, mind you, um, but 
I was I was I made one effort to go to Stubbs. Yes. And I I, I got kind of stressed out on my way there. Um, I had to walk through a kind of sketchy block, um, and I panicked and decided not to. So. Fair enough. Um, I did eat at another place though called P Terry's. Oh. Um, that is a burger chain. It's it's a fast food type restaurant, but it's in the same vein as like In and Out and um, Five Guys. And okay. I love their burger. I love burgers, burgers. Yeah. I should say. But um, and and I ate at Alamo Draft House several times because I scheduled I think like three whole days where I was just at the draft house. Damn. Yeah. So I um, because that's just the, the movie lineups. It was easier. I realized I was able to see more movies if I stayed in one location than if I was trying to move around because the theaters, some of the, like, I think the farthest apart was a 45 minute walk between two theaters because it's, you're spread out throughout downtown Austin. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was easier to pick a theater and just stay there. Like one day I was at the Zach theater for three movies. Um, the next day I was at the little bar draft house for like four movies. Uh, it did backfire though. And I missed summer of Oh three because of um, they were only 12 minutes apart from one movie to the next at for that particular screening. And then the movie that was before Summer of 03 ran long. And so I didn't get out until it had already started. Ugh. And I was not able to go, and I was very disappointed. But uh, this is usually where we do what we've been watching. So I'm going to start with you, Corey. Have you seen anything since we last spoke about Crash? Yeah, I'm probably going to forget some things, but... Um, besides our movie club selection this week, I finished Roseanne and oh. Ugly Cried. And <laughs> I, okay, so we've talked about this movie before. I love this movie and they took it off of Netflix. And last night I haven't been like paying any attention to my Netflix to the point where I was thinking about canceling it <laughs> because, oh, wow. yeah, but they put the road <laughs> back on Netflix. Ah, I feel I like, watch that still. um, yeah. And it was sadder than I remembered. It's such a good movie, but why do I watch movies that are emotionally whatever at, you know, I was watching that until 2 AM. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then today I watched the first Paddington. Oh, have you never seen it before? No. I liked the first one. I Did you like it? I liked it a lot, and I really like Nicole Kidman as the bad guy, as the villain. I thought uh, the second was... one's better. Is it? Oh, shoot. Yeah. I actually think the second one is substantially better. I've heard that from a few people, but um, I liked the first one. Like, I found it very enjoyable, mm -hmm. but the second one, I like. I teared up several times. Um, I was emotionally invested in the second movie. Like, it's really, really good. I watched the first one because I really want to see the second one. Well, yeah, um, and uh, Hugh Grant is amazing in the second one. What? Um, so you you watch more than normal. It, it is yeah. just a little peek behind the curtain. We are several days uh, in between episodes that we than we normally are because we recorded on the Wednesday before the last episode came out, and we are now recording on the day the episode's coming out, I would uh, like, which is a Sunday. I would like to say, though, like this is just what I've watched this week. And actually, ah, okay. I watched all three of those movies within the last two days. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. So I think I've got you beat. I think that you <laughs> do, but I feel like everyone should be impressed nonetheless. Well, I'm not going to list every single... Actually, I th I think I might just list every single movie. Okay, because um, I want to know how many, so I'm going to count as you go. Okay. Well, not all of them are going to be officially South by Southwest, but I watched them while I was at South by Southwest. Okay. Um, and so it starts on the 10th and goes until today, in fact, which you, I don't know if you know what movie I saw today, but um, I did go to the theater on my I first day see. home from a film festival. <laughs> I want to know, did you, did you see that in Lake Wales? No, I had to go to Lakeland to see it. Okay, because I was going to be real mad that I have 22 screens at my theater and they're not playing it. Mm. Well, let's start. I actually start, I, I was a, late. I was supposed to, I flew out. On the 9th, which is the first day of the festival, and my plane was delayed by four hours, um, which is good because the plane that I was supposed to be on and was, in fact, on had a mechanical error, luckily, before we took off, and it was apparently not safe enough to fly. So we got pushed off our plane and put on a new plane, but it took a couple hours for that new plane to arrive. Um, and so I think it's probably for the best, but it did it ruined my Friday. I didn't get to see anything on Friday night. Um, which means I missed a quiet place and that sucked. Um, then, 
so Saturday morning I woke up and I woke up really early. I couldn't sleep. Um, I only slept four hours Friday night. Ooh. So I woke up and ended up watching a, a movie called Stick It, which I've seen before, but I, I enjoy it. It's not great, but I find it amusing. Um, it's like a gymnastics um, pitch perfect type of movie. Like it's a kind of like a comedy about the genre, but yet find some joy in the, the subject matter. Um, and Jeff Bridges is in it, and I don't know, I, I like it, but that's what I started my movie watching with, so I'm gonna just kind of power through these. Um, you can follow, all of my reviews are up at burkreviews.com, except for, I didn't review Stick It, because I, it was just kind of a casual watch, and I didn't, I have not yet reviewed the Bill Murray experience, which was not the documentary at South by Southwest, but I got a screener for it while I was at South by Southwest, and was tricked to thinking it was the documentary that was at South by Southwest, which is called the Bill Murray. I forget the whole title. It's a longer title, but um, I didn't get to see that one. I'm hoping to get a screener of that movie since I missed it at the festival. Um, but I did see this while I was at South by Southwest. In fact, I made my friend from Texas watch it with me and he did not enjoy it much. Neither did I, because it's really not about Bill Murray. It's more about this actress who wants to see Bill Murray. But I'll have a review up for that eventually. But let's go through these real fast. Um, I saw The Unicorn, Sadie, Unlovable, Jin, uh, J-I-N-N, just to clarify, um, Blind Spotting, which was my favorite film of the festival, Ooh. Brother's Nest, Support the Girls, Damsel. Uh, Damsel has Robert Pattinson and Mia Wachowski. Mia, Waz- Mia Wazakowska, I think. Yeah, that's it. Um, eighth Grade, second favorite movie of the festival. Science Fair, Won't You Be My Neighbor. I'm jealous about that, so jealous. It's going to be at the Florida Film Festival too, actually. Oh. Um, Never Going Back, Social Animals, The New Romantic, Weed the People, that's weed, like the drug, The Ranger, All Square, American Animals, I watched No Country for Old Men for this episode of the podcast, and then today I saw Thoroughbreds, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Oh, I can't wait to see that one. Um, So you watched 20 that were at South by Southwest? I believe so. And I also did watch, and they're not listed because I watched the short program number one. That's the narrative shorts, which I think was six or seven short films, which was like a two hour block. And then I watched the uh, animated short uh, program, which I found out I don't like animated shorts programs. Uh, I I found most of them to be either way too um, like avant-garde like just they're not really narrative in structure and i i very much prefer a narrative animation and or the animation style is so weird um because they have a limited amount of time to make them or their student projects um they weren't necessarily bad but a couple of them really i did not click with there was a couple of good ones though and then the narrative shorts though i loved uh at least three of them i thought were really really funny um i just i don't have a way of uh I didn't review those individually or as a block, so I just left them off, but I also saw those. So technically, I guess 22. I should have been able to see more, but again, on... I feel like that's pretty good, though, because, I mean, Mm -hmm. you have to travel. It's at least... The only day I only watched one uh, was yesterday. Well, not yesterday, Friday. I I only saw American Animals, and then I went to a Doug Loves Movies taping, but I was... I almost didn't go see American Animals because I was so exhausted Friday that I was literally, like, fighting to stay awake to get up and get an Uber and go to the movie. But American Animals had such rave reviews from Sundance, and um, it had it screened earlier in the week, and it had really big reviews. Like, I'd heard people saying how good it was. And I was like, I have an express pass, so I'm guaranteed access. I'm just going to go ahead and go, um, and, I'll uh, you know, maybe that'll be the only one I see. And it was such a good one to end on, um, because I, I didn't realize how little I knew about the movie. Like, I didn't even know who the cast was. And, and so I was pleasantly surprised when the cast started showing up in the movie. I'm like, oh, 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 look at all these people I like. Um, and uh, it's really well shot, and it's an interesting uh, story structure. Um, I had a blast watching it, so I'm glad I did decide to see it. But I skipped a couple I wanted to see on that Friday because I was just so wiped out. Um, I don't think I would have done myself justice had I done it. Because I, I barely stayed awake through the animated shorts. And the two German guys next to me fell asleep uh, at different times in <gasps> during the animated shorts. Um, I don't know if it was the, the food from the draft house, if it just got to them, or, or 
those shorts just got kind of tedious. Um, the animated ones, the narrative shorts, I thought were great. I, I was very much engaged with all of them, but the, the animated ones, again, some of them, the narratives were like way too abstract or not existent at all. And that's fine. That's the type of filmmaking. I just generally connect to story mm-hmm. and uh, I don't dislike avant-garde films, but I don't seek them out. And uh, I kind of, I guess I did on accident because I didn't go in. Exp- I was expecting like Pixar shorts and I, that's not what I got. <laughs> yeah, they set the bar high though. <laughs> um, yeah, they do. And again, they have a lot more money and time yeah. behind those um, than what the the filmmakers had. And in no way am I trying to discredit the, uh, the people who made these. It's just not my taste. Um, so... But yeah, I had a blast at the festival. I, I wish I saw more movies because I did miss, I missed several that I wanted to see, inc- including A Quiet Place. I missed Hereditary because I just couldn't bring myself to doing any of the midnight screenings because um, I'm kind of a coward at times and I was alone. So like staying out too late uh, and like getting an Uber back at like two in the morning when people were going to be you know, drunk. and I feel like we should talk about something. What's that? The bombs. Oh, yeah. And that, that nitwit was arrested today, I well, believe. That's not even necessarily the one who launched the actual bombs. That was a guy who sent a threatening letter specifically oh, targeting shit. South By. I didn't know I that. I don't know if he's been linked to the uh, the bombs that actually went off or not. I haven't. Um, I, I just saw it in between our recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, um, yeah, that was a scary thing. I got a message from a friend like, hey, did you see this? And I'm like, no. And so... Um, there were bombs that went off in Austin, Texas during South by Southwest, but not at South by Southwest. Um, but they, people, I think, I think two people might've died from it. Get from one, two died and from one of them. Yeah. And, um, there was apparently a letter sent specifically targeting South by and, uh, a concert that was canceled. In fact, um, Seth Herzog was a guest at the Douglas movies taping that I went to. And he is the uh, MC for the Roots concert that was canceled because of the bomb threat. Um, so he was at South by to host that, and it was canceled. So I don't know how that happens to him, but um, he's a fairly regular guest on on Douglas movies, and I was the first time I got to see him live. Um, and I, I have to say, the Douglas movie taping was fantastic. I had a blast. Um, it's funny because South by people don't always know what it is, and there were several people who went to the taping thinking it was going to be something different and ended up like walking out partway through and that what? just makes the the comics you know talk crap about them and there was some really funny crowd work because of that um but then there were people like me who are avid listeners of the show and uh you know we're we're having a blast and it wasn't it wasn't overly packed so like everyone had some space um it was a good way to end my festival because that was the last thing i did at the festival um nice and i'm glad i did i almost didn't do that i almost went back to my hotel room after american animals and i was just gonna sleep and try to rest because I was feeling really down. And I was like, you know what? It's like two hours away. It's a free Douglas movies taping for me because I have my badge. I'm going to do it because I'm, I'm I've gone to the show like three or four times now here in Florida. And I pay 30 bucks a, a ticket or whatever to see him. Or maybe it's 20. I don't know what it is. But it's, it's somewhere between 20 and 30 bucks. So I'm like, here's it's right here. It's uh, I can get in early. You know, I'll have a good spot. It's a big theater. So I figured it would be, you know, even if I was in. Uh, like the last person to get in I'd still have a really good seat and um I'm really glad I did the guests were really good um yeah it was it was super fun so the whole experience was really positive we've made some connections um we've got a lot of uh burkreviews.com has had a lot of you know buzz because of my reviews from the festival so it was definitely worth the time and effort to do it um I do think next year I may not try to do the entire week I might just do the opening weekend um but who knows, you know? It was hard being away from my wife and daughter for a whole week like that, though, so. But, hey, it was fun. So, that's what we've been watching. Um, you can, again, see specifically my thoughts on all those movies at BerkReviews.com. All of those reviews are up and have been up. I was uh, proud of myself for staying on top of it. I don't I think impressed. I was ever more than a day behind. Um, it, it, it did require a loss of sleep, though. That's why I was so tired on Friday, because I, I was getting up every day at 7. Ooh. And I think I was going to bed around one thirty, so um, my usual about six hours. But then I was also walking around a lot, or you know, watching a lot of movies. And mo- most of my selections were really good, though. Very few films. I don't think there was a single film that I hated. There were a couple that were lackluster, but nothing that was like, "Oh, this sucks." It was just like, "Oh, 
I, the worst choice I made was the animated shorts program, um, which I made as a concession to space because it was at the Lamar Alamo, and so I stayed there all day basically. So, mm. but um, yeah, and again, if if it was, a, I'm glad I hung out with my friends because I hadn't seen either of them in, or I hadn't hung out with either of them in a while. Um, so I'm glad I made that uh, that choice, but I would have seen a few more films had it not worked out that way. But again, you know, I'm glad it did. Uh, I don't regret that. I just I feel like I probably could have seen closer to 30 films and I would have liked that. But, you know, it's my first full like festival, like where I'm only there to be at a festival. Uh, when I cover Florida Film Festival, it's just on the weekends. So it's it's fun but it's not the same like i'm not i'm driving back and forth each day this was like i'm invested in the festival i'm like a part of this thing so it's a different experience but a very fun one and if you're able to go to a film festival i highly recommend it it's a good way to see movies that no one else is probably going to see for a long time all right Corey, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this episode huh <laughs> kate so, Corey has never seen No Country for Old Men. That's right. You heard it here first. And I only have recently watched this, uh, I think, in during my uh, 366 challenge, as I am a fan of Ethan and Joel Cohen, but I had missed both True Grit and No Country um, and several other, other films that I, I made up for that year. I still haven't seen everything they've done, but I've seen most everything they've done. Um, and this is one that I like a whole lot. Um, it is, as noted, directed by Joel and Ethan, and written by them as well, among others, apparently. But it stars Tommy Lee Jones, Javier Bardem, Josh Berlin, Woody Harrelson, Kelly McDonald, and then it just basically, these are all kind of just random people after that. Stephen Root has a bigger role than a couple of these other people are listed. But um, I uh, will talk more about my thoughts, but we want to get your initial thoughts, Corey, after watching this. I'm a little worried because it does have a, a darker tone and in the past you've not liked that so what are your thoughts of no country for old men from 2007 i ended up not purchasing this because i'm really bad with managing my time and then oh it was friday and i had a birthday party to go to and also i hadn't watched the movie but um i didn't know everyone that was in this film i have seen a few of their movies um i like from what I've seen of their films, I like that they're all different. Mm. I feel like with some directors, you're just like, oh, this is so-and-so, and we're going to see what we've seen before. And like I said, I haven't seen a lot of their films. so. Um, and I was really surprised at the cast. I really like Kelly McDonald. Woody Harrelson was unexpected. Um, I enjoyed this. I don't know how often I would rewatch it. Hmm. I, I actually think I could rewatch this a lot more than I would have initially thought because I, I was kind of not disappointed that you picked this because I, I loved this when I watched it the first time, but I was like, man, we've been really good about getting a movie that both of us hadn't seen recently. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of like, oh, this is like one of the rare ones where I've seen it, um, especially so far this year. I think everything we've watched I have not seen oh. until now. And so I was a little like, not disappointed, but like, oh, man, I wish this was something I hadn't seen. But um, rewatching it, I found myself immediately sucked back into it, and um, I've actually studied this a little too because I my I've not shown this to my students, um, but it's one where we've studied moments from this film because there's so many. I am a huge fan of Ethan and Joel, and they do have a very distinctive style. Even though their movies are different, they have um, a lot of the same themes play out in their films and whatnot. And one of the ones that really stands out to me in this movie is the idea of chance. And we'll talk more about that in spoilers because I do feel like it can spoil some big moments in this movie. But um, there's at least four scenes in this movie that I think are so powerful and so impactful that I've taught them um, as standalones. And um, I feel like everyone, when they think of this movie, they think Javier Bardem because this is his breakout performance. He does, I think, win Best uh, Supporting Actor. I'm double-checking here. Um, Yeah, he wins Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role. Um, Joel and Ethan win their the best director, and they also win best screenplay, and then um, it, this obviously won best picture in the two thousand and eight um, Oscars, and um, it's such a powerful film in so many ways, and it's 
it's got that kind of it's kind of got like it's like a modern western you know there's the western vibe to it but um and uh it was up against michael clayton atonement juno and there will be blood uh the year it won so some stiff competition for sure but a movie that i think um you know deserves the win i think this is one uh where the best picture was chosen correctly although i do love there will be blood and i love juno and i think juno is probably the most rewatchable of those movies um i still haven't seen atonement or michael clayton but uh yeah i am a fan for sure um which i i will say having watched it a second time and again watched clips and i've actually watched some analysis videos on this so i'm fairly intimate with this uh this whole film but it still engrossed me the whole time like i was very much captivated i'm watching it in my hotel room on my ipad uh before my flight yesterday oh and I still was like completely engrossed in it and um, just enjoyed the whole thing. Uh, I, I find the performances to be outstanding. It's one of I, I've become a really big Josh Berlin fan. Um, and he's got two major movies this year because he's in Deadpool 2 as Cable and he's Thanos in Avengers Infinity War. Um, but I generally like Berlin and I really love him in this movie. I thought his performance as uh, Llewellyn Moss is just outstanding. Which they must um, and love stands that up. name. Go ahead, yeah and again we would then get inside Lulin Davis um you know which is spelled the same so or I guess maybe it's Llewellyn Davis I don't know I thought that they call him Lewin in the movie I thought so too but here it's Llewellyn right I, it might be that accent though maybe maybe <laughs> I don't know <laughs> different time periods too obviously because it's this is set um, it's not very it? distinctive. Yeah, it's it. Eighties is I think what we're going for. Um, there's no cell phones that we see in the movie. Um, I don't believe, right? No, and I thought that they said something about three years ago was 1977 or something. Oh, you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, I think they do say that. Um, so I can't remember what in reference to, but but um. Yeah, so it's it's you know that makes the movie I think pretty compelling too at times because it's, you know if, if there were cell phones some of the scenes would play out very differently, um, some of the a lot of the scenes actually I guess would play out very differently. But um, yeah, I, I I mean from the beginning of the film to the end, it's just everything about it's so great. Uh, yeah, that's that's my take. And Corey, you liked it too, so that's good. I was a little concerned. I did like it. All right, well, that's the non-spoiler review. Uh, Corey? Dun, dun, dun. From here forward, we're going to talk about the movie, probably in some pretty great detail. If you don't want it to be spoiled, go watch it, and then come back and give us a listen. All right, Corey, what was your favorite element or <laughs> least favorite element? Either way, however you want to <laughs> okay. jump in. First, I think we need to talk about, um, oh, my God. So, Javier Bardem, I haven't seen him in a lot. I think maybe one or two other films um he is a great psychopath he has like no emotion and then there are like a couple times that he has complete power and these people have no idea what could be in store for them and he like laughs and Mm -hmm. his weapon of choice is an air tank and what the hell is he shooting out of them it's still bullets right no, it's not a bullet. It's a. In fact, Tommy Lee Jones tells us what it is. What? When he tells um, Llewellyn Moss's wife, uh, you said it was McDonald, right? Yeah, Kelly McDonald. Um, he's telling her about. He tells her the story about how they used to kill cattle. Oh, it's a bolt. It's a bolt. Shh, it's it's the, it's that gun. Um, he basically describes the weapon without. I don't think. I think we're supposed to see at that moment he starts to. It clicks because. When uh, the deputy reports that the guy didn't wasn't shot in the head, he's like, what are you talking about he wasn't shot in the head? Are you telling me that this guy dug a bullet out and they don't know what it was? And then later he yeah. describes how they kill cattle now with this um, bolt gun. This It shoots a bolt into the, the brain and pulls it back out. That's his weapon of choice. Is this? And it's not just a weapon he uses to kill. He uses it to knock the, the, uh, do- the doorknobs off or the, the deadbolts out of the doors because it's such force it just you know, explodes the, the cylinder. And, um, it's such an iconic weapon that, for this character because it's not like anything else. Yeah. You know? I've never seen anything like that before. And it, like, just from the very beginning, I don't think that we know, uh, when he strangles that deputy 
with his handcuffs. And then there's yeah. all this blood, and I'm like, where is all this blood coming from? And then we end up seeing that some of it is coming from him, because he, like, cut the hell out of his hands with those cuffs. But mm-hmm. he just, like, through everything is so completely calm and collected and just... Well, that the that shot when he's strangling the police officer where it's spiraling, it's, it's looking straight down on him because um, he's laying on his back on the ground and the camera's turning and the look on his face is so intense and so horrifying. Um, and then you see all the, the, the like rubber marks on the floor yeah, because the, they... the cop's shoes, he's kicking. And, oh my God, it's Which, so intense. I was wondering when they like, I... I think it's after he's in the bathroom cleaning his hands and then they go back over and you see all the like shoe marks and stuff. I wonder if that was like intentional or if that's just something that happened while they were filming because Uh, I thought it was such a good detail. It is. It's such, it's such a, like, it just shows how much he's thrashing around trying to get free. And then the the handcuff chain is cutting into his neck (sighs) and I think it hits the jugular, which is where the, all the extra blood comes in. Um, it's, it's, there were it's a such a crazy times. scene, too. I had to, like, he... cover the screen and only have a little bit showing. So oh, I would wow. know when it was over. I can't. Um, I would love to know why he was arrested. Because, like, one, the cop just has him, like, sitting on a little bench behind him without anyone watching him. And that's how he's able to strangle him. But, like, th- like th- this cop caught him. And he went quietly. Like, I want to know that's You know, I'm so intrigued by that. And we don't really find out why, but, like, because every other time anyone sees him, he basically takes them out. Um, and that's one of the things I love about the film is because there are at least two moments where we don't know for sure mm-hmm. if he killed somebody or not. Um, yes. When he kills Stephen Root, uh, who's his, like, employer that's also, like, a businessman, um, he goes into the office and shoots him. And then the accountant's there and he, he gives him information. And the accountant's like, are you going to kill me? And he's like, that depends. Do you see me? And it, at, you could take it as him like saying, tell me you don't see me and I won't kill you. But that doesn't seem like his character. It seems more like that's his answer. Like if you, you see me, thus you're dead. Mm. And I feel like that's more likely what happens, but we don't see the outcome. Well, then in that and then, case, I feel like there could be three another oh the secretary i mean cases where we don't know what happens to what's the third well because he goes into that gas station and he says Mm. that he's leaving and the guy chooses right because here we are somebody's life is left up to a coin toss twice in the movie and he just keeps turning that guy's words around on him and then he's like asking him how late he's open and oh do you Mm -hmm. live in the house out back and he does initially let him go but he could have very well gone back later on i do think he let him go though um because of some of the theories that i've read about him being an agent of chance um Mm. and that the man chose correctly and so he won't interfere and i I love the part where the guy goes to put the quarter in his pocket he's like no don't put it in your pocket He's like, where would you like me to put it? Anywhere but your pocket, because it'll get mixed with the other coins. And then the guy's like, you know, he's like, what? He's like, well, it is just a coin. Like, it's it's such a powerful set of dialogue. Like, that whole scene is so intense, and it's so, like, you're so creeped out and yet captivated by this character, this Anton Shiger, who, I love that uh, Berlin's... Sugar, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um... But then uh, his wife is the other one where it's a coin toss, but she refuses to pick. Mm-hmm. So I, I assume lo- he killed her. That's what I was thinking, too. But I love that he says he's like sitting there and he's like, they always say the same thing. And she's like, mm-hmm. what do you mean that you don't have to do this? And I'm just like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. How scary is that? Like, you're trying to plead for your life. And the guy's like, they all say the same thing. Like, oh, my God, how many people have you killed? Like, Give me something new here. Um, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, he is an intimidating fact uh, for sure. Um, and and then you have. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go, oh you go. Well, I was about to say the Tommy Lee Jones. Um, the one of the hottest debated topics about this film is when Tommy Lee Jones goes back to where um, Llewellyn Moss was killed. We see a shot that implies Javier Bardem's Anton Chigurh is in the hotel room. But Tommy Lee Jones never sees him. So there's several debates around that scene as whether, one, is he there? 
or was he there? And like, so that shot of him there was before, but he's not there when Tommy Lee Jones is there. Two, if he's there, does Tommy Lee Jones know he's there, but ignore him in hopes that he won't have to, you know, combat him because he would probably lose. And so we've heard again, Shiger say, if you still like Woody, uh, Woody Harrelson's character gives us that information too, that, um, when, uh, Moss tells him that he saw him, he's like, and you're alive, implying that people who see him don't survive the encounter on average. So had Tommy Lee Jones seen him, he probably wouldn't have survived. And we know that he is that whole opening story about how some lawmen wouldn't even carry guns back in the day. He is kind of a pacifist, you know, not that he's a bad cop, but he doesn't look for that, the shootouts or the action or even dealing with the murders. Like there's multiple times like, um, so-and-so is back out there. Do you want to go? He's like, is there anything new? Like, no. He's like, well, then no, I don't want to go back out there. I've seen all there is to see. I'm good. Like, um, he's, he's at the end of this. He just wants to get through it, you know? And that scene is so, there's so many questions you can ask about it. And that's just one of the great things about this film is there is so much that they give you, but there's still so much they let you decide, you know? And I love that about this movie. And I think it plays in with the theme of chance that there's a chance they survived and it's up to you to decide. Do you think they, the accountant made it or not? I wonder if he would have let his wife go since she wouldn't choose. And that is probably not something that he's had before. And or um, because she wouldn't choose and he killed her, maybe that's why he gets in the car accident, you know, like punishment, karma um, that leads to that. Or maybe because he didn't kill her, maybe because she she threw a wrench in his plan that it, you know, karma still found a way and he gets in that really bad car accident. I love the kids like, dude, your bone sticking out of your arm. And then like, again, like your bone is sticking out of your arm are you not hearing this like you should be freaking out like there is a bone just jutting out of your of the skin um and then he does tell that kid too uh you never saw me but we don't we're not supposed he doesn't kill the kid it's like a boogeyman yeah yeah very much especially because he gets up from a car accident with a bone sticking on his arm and wobbles off you he know? just walks calmly away and i mean in a situation like that if you're gonna run and whatever you're gonna pull attention to yourself but for sure um i so i was a little confused with a couple of things but at the beginning um josh brolin's character he's a hunter but he's a welder he's not a professional hunter he's hunting yes but um, he is and I think woman. he's hunting illegally. I thought that he was a sheriff or something. I no, thought that he was a no. deputy or something at the beginning. Nope. And then no, no. something said about him being a welder and that he can weld anything. He, he says he's a welder. Yeah. He tells Woody Harrelson's character he's a welder. Um, his job is relatively irrelevant to the movie's plot. Um, I think that point later is just like, how are you surviving all of this? Yeah. I just like, thought, because it seemed like he was going in to investigate in the beginning like on a an official basis or something and then he goes home you know what i mean and then he goes back and tries to give the person water and he took the money and then i was like i can this is this is a simple explanation i can see where the miscommunication came in but he's he's out hunting i believe illegally um and that's why he's like he picks up his bullet casing after Mm -hmm. he shoots I think he's covering his tracks that he's, you know, he's not supposed to be out there. Um, and then he's tracking the animal cause it's not a clean shot and it's, it's run away. And while tracking, he sees the three legged dog, which indicates that something, you know, dogs don't just wander in the desert. And it's, um, it may not have been a three legged dog. It may have just been an injured got dog. Got a lot of blood. Cause he's following he, the trail of what he shot. Right. And that, that's what, yes. Yeah, so, correct. Seemed like a, like it was, whatever it was, was bleeding. But then he like comes up and there's like a lot of blood and then he follows mm-hmm. that and he sees the dog. And then he goes in the opposite direction to see where the dog was coming, coming from. from and sees the uh, the set of trucks. And he knows that it's like a drug deal gone wrong. Um, and you can see that, like, you know, there's dead bodies and stuff like that from the distance. And he goes investigating to see if he can get anything. And he finds the money. Um, and there's... But he also finds a lot cocaine. of heroin. Oh, is it heroin? I thought... I figured it was cocaine. I don't really know. It could be either. I, I thought... Because I think... Um, 
I think Tommy Lee Jones' character says the brown powder oh. or something like that, and I think that's normally heroin, but it could be either or. Um, it's a lot of drugs either way. Um, and there is the guy there with uh, who asks for water, but he doesn't have any water. He finds the guy who tried to get away with the money. Um, it's like $2 million, I think, which is, is 1980. That's a lot of money. Um, it's a lot of money now, but it's even more in 1980. And then um, at night, he gets he feels guilty that he let the man die because he's not a killer. So he brings the water to him to try to save him. But not only is that guy already dead by the time he gets there, but now he puts himself in harm's way. And he knows it going out there that he's putting himself in, in danger. I can't remember um, he, what he says to his wife. Yeah, I don't remember, but it's it's um, it's pretty you know pretty good. Um, I thought I might have wrote it down. Yeah, no, he I didn't write it down, but um, he 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 knows that going back is stupid, but he can't do it. He's too good of a guy to not try to save that guy's life even though that guy put himself in that position and all that it's not in him to just let someone die even though he did um he did die but he gets shot in the shoulder during that encounter and now he puts himself in harm's way because his car was there and that's when we get introduced to Shigur again and this time that he's on the hunt for this guy um he's given a transponder to track and that's where the plot really falls into it and i mean it's just it's so well crafted how everything plays out um the scene at the hotel where bardem comes and takes out all the uh, the mexican drug dealers that are there um I super intense didn't so that was something else too those because those mexicans i feel racist saying that those Me- it's, yeah it's not the mexicans that are in the room because that is josh brolin i'm forgetting his name his room it was yep and they were also tracking him um, we're, we learn at the uh, when he kills Stephen Root, um, he says uh, to the accountant, he's like, he gave both of us a tracker. Oh. So they hired him for their side, but then he also gave one to the Mexicans, hoping that one of them would find the money. Mm. Um, and that's where he, that's why he kills Stephen Root, because he's like, you put them, you put me in harm's way, and you didn't trust me to do my job. Um, so you're you're dead. Um. Which is also why he killed Woody Harrelson's character, uh, pretty remorselessly, uh, too. Um, why did but yeah, that Root hire Harrelson too? Then why were there to to take down Shiger because he knew Shiger was going to come after him? Ew. And that's uh, Harrelson. That's why Harrelson could have killed Moss, but he wasn't worried about Moss. He was trying to stop Shiger because Shiger was on his own. Like he was, he killed the Mexicans, and he was he was on, you know, kind of gone off the off the grid. He's. He's a monster. He set a monster out, and you can't control a monster, right? Like, it's they operate on their own set of rules and his own guidelines. Um, I mean, geez. Like, he was going to kill that old guy simply because of um, he, he noticed where he came from. Oh, yep. Because he says um, how, something about you've been getting much rain, and he's like, from where? And he's like, oh, I saw you came from that road. What business is it of yours where I came from? That's what sets him off. Because now it's a potential witness, right? Because he's he's all about self preservation, and now he's a threat. Because if cops come looking, oh yeah, I saw this guy. But he has that code, that weird code that he ap- appears to abide by with that coin. It's oh man, there's so many great scenes in that movie. That scene is one of my favorites. The coin toss scene. It's it's so intense. Um, the shootout with uh with Brolin when he realizes that Shigur is there at the hotel and like he um turns the light out and then you hear the light bulb unscrew out in the hallway and like goes dark Mm. and he's waiting for the door to open but then gets hit in the chest by the lock when he knocks it out like it's so intense and it's so like oh my god how's this gonna play out and then how he actually gets the jump on him right and like shoots him like we hadn't seen bardem take any damage until that point he he outsmarts him um and then Bardem having to go to the pharmacy. <laughs> that was... And he set the car on fire, so everybody ran out yeah, there. For a distraction, and he times it, like, perfectly. He walks in, he's walking right to the pharmacy counter, explosion, everyone runs out, he never looks back, that he goes to the pharmacy stuff. was one of the scenes I had to, like, cover most of the screen. Oh, when he's trying to... When he's picking the stuff oh, out of Jesus. his leg. And then putting the shot in, and blah, blah. Yeah, agreed. The, that that part's tough. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Yeah. 
uh, I watched this movie. Um, I mentioned Weed the People. That uh, it's about um, medical marijuana being used in uh, children, child, children, cancer patients. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were so many scenes of like the chemotherapy and things oh. that I was just like, I can't watch these scenes. They make me like it's hard enough to like look at medical stuff, but when it's being done to a child, I feel so awful, um, and it makes my skin crawl. So that was a tough watch yeah. for me. But yeah, I, I also that scene, um, I, I I grimace. I don't think I looked away because I've seen worse like you don't see him like stitch it up or anything um, doesn't he go digging around in there though a little but it's still not Ooh. it's not as bad as i've seen in other movies with that um we cover my eyes for those two yeah um but yeah uh i i don't really have much else to say i love this movie i think it's excellent um i i still i still can't quite wrap my head around the last sequence of tommy lee jones's dream like i don't fully think i've understood what the dream represents oh, his dad right it's it is but i think it's more about what we witness in the film too and I, I i can't quite make the connection um i've heard of i've read a couple of like analysis and i i don't remember it's been a while since i've read those um but i feel like there's something there that i'm not quite grasping and it kind of bugs me that i'm not getting it more <laughs> but i i love the ending too and i love tommy lee jones character is such a interesting one because he is the hero but not you know like the bad guy gets away here Shigur is not dead he's not uh, he's not in prison Uh, Moss is dead you know Woody Harrelson's dead Stephen Root is dead Tommy Lee Jones somehow survives but he only survives by maybe inaction or by keeping a distance from the actual crime you know (laughs) it's not your normal hero and it's I think one of the reasons why it makes that performance so compelling. All right. Well, um, I will continue to give this movie the must-see rating, Corey. I will give it the must-see also. And uh, that's don't assume because it's a Best Picture winner that that's how we feel. I don't believe either of us gave Crash. I think we both went Decent Watch on Crash or something like that. Uh, I think so. I, I don't remember for sure, um, but I I know it wasn't must-see. Um but with that, let's look ahead to next week. Uh, do you know what we're going to be watching next week, Corey? I Because it's also your pick. But now I forgot. Is it Ordinary People? It is Ordinary People. Okay. Um, and this is the second movie in a row that I have already seen. Dang but it! Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Because, again, that's the, the rules for Movie Club are that one of us have not seen it and you haven't. Um, I watched this, actually, not uh, part of my my 365 I watched this um, because of a screenplay that I was writing several years ago, and this was in the vein of the uh, Blake Snyder Save the Cat genre that I was planning my film to be, Um, and this was from, uh, it won Best Picture in 1981, and the movie's from 1980, uh, stars uh, Donald Sutherland, Mary Tyler Moore, um, which, by the way, do you know, have you ever watched the Mary Tyler Moore show or anything? I think I have when I was a kid. I think that maybe my grandma watched it, but not. Yeah, she is a very different character in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Judd Hirsch, Timothy Hutton, who I believe is the lead character. Uh, M. Emmett Walsh, who is in uh, the Coen's first film, Blood Simple. Um, and that's the big cast, I think, that I remember. Um, r- directed, though, by Robert Redford. Um, who is an actor in his own right. And right? who started so, Sundance, I believe. Mm-hmm. Correct. Completely correct. Yeah. Um, and I, I did, I, I like this movie. It's, it's a tough watch. I will admit it's a drama. Um, and it, it does hit on some, some tough issues, but it's a very well-made film. Um, so that's what we'll be watching next week. Um, I think it was on prime, but maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it's not free on prime. It looks like you can rent it on prime. Um, but it is available on digital. Um, I own this movie. I don't know how you're planning on watching it, Corey. Probably rent. What's that? Probably rent it. Ah, okay. Um, I did, again, I bought this, uh, on DVD, I think a few years ago because I was needing to study it for my own screenplay. But, um, that's it for this episode of Movie Club. Uh, you can follow me on, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and or Snapchat, or pretty much anywhere social medias pop up, at Burke Reviews, and Corey? At Corey R. Star, two R's on the end. 
And um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the films we've watched so far or uh, maybe suggestions for future films. Um, or we, ha- we do or. themes. We do themes each month. We do, we do. And we love some new ideas for themes. Like uh, this month is Best Picture Winners. Last month for February we did rom-coms. Um, I have no idea what we did in January anymore. But <laughs> It's all a blur. <laughs> it's it's all going by so fast. I've seen so many movies already this year. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think I'm at – there's just under 90 days into the year, and I've seen over 90 movies um, because of the festival, though. The festival really helped me uh, get my numbers up there. I've seen I'm, – I'm wrong. I've seen 88 films so far this year, um, so I'm just under 90, but – um, but yeah, so, and I'm going to see a few more this week cause I have a lot to watch. I still have to see a wrinkle in time. Um, love Simon tomb Raider. And there's one more that came out that I need to see. I can't think of what it is. I'm, I don't plan on seeing the strangers. I kind of want to see hurricane heist because I just think it's going to be the worst thing ever. So <laughs> I, I kind of feel like I need to see it just so I can write a review about it. But well. And then more is coming out this week. Um, we got Ready Player One coming soon. Um, uh, Pacific Rim Uprising is coming out. Uh, Isle of Dogs is in limited release, I think, at the end of the month. So, you know, lots to see. Lots to see. That one. But, all right. Well, until then, folks, um, keep watching movies, and we'll be back next week. Bye. Peace. Hey, everyone. It's John Burke. You know how much I love movies. And if you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you love movies too. And what we do here at Burke Reviews costs a little bit of money. It doesn't cost a fortune or anything, but none of us are rich. And that's where you come in. You can support BurkeReviews.com by either subscribing to our Patreon, where you can give a set amount to us monthly, a dollar, three dollars, five dollars, and ten dollars. And we're not asking you to just give us your money. You get perks for uh, signing up on our Patreon. You can go over to patreon.com slash Reviews. And see exactly what those perks are. You can go to BurkeReviews.com and click on the Patreon link and it'll take you right there. Um, But if you're not willing to commit to a monthly donation, which we totally understand, there's an option to just donate one time. Uh, If you go to BurkeReviews.com, on the right side of the page, you're going to see a donate button. And through PayPal, you can donate us any amount of money you wish um, for doing that. We will read your name on our uh, the next episode of the podcast, whether it's Burke Reviews Movie Club or Top 5 Movies after the donation is made. Um, with uh, our truthful, heartfelt thanks. Um, not to mention that one of the the perks of being a subscriber is you get um, your name on our website as a uh, supporter of BurkeReviews.com. Um, it's hard to believe it's already been two in, two years and we're into year three already. Um, you know, we love what we do and we hope you love it too. So thanks for listening. Um, thanks for the support. And back to this podcast. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. <laughs> <laughs>